Hey, what's up, everybody? Salty Dogs, Salty Dogs podcast here. Uh, this is a uh, an episode that uh, we thought needed to happen right away. Usually, we record every other Tuesday, but we needed to get in here and have a conversation. And so, we've got uh, Pastor Dion Gates with us tonight. He pastors a church here in Wichita, Kansas. Uh, he's a friend of mine. I know him. I love him. I appreciate him. Um, Good dude. Solid dude. Really yeah. solid guy. Uh, ex or retired law enforcement. Yeah. And uh, and a man of God, and so yeah. we've invited you here tonight to have a much needed conversation about things that are happening in culture today. And so we've titled this "I Can't Breathe." I think it's obvious to everybody what that's about, but when we asked you what we should title this episode, that's what you uh, that's what you said. And yeah. so start us off by diving into that, and let's just kind of talk about everything that's been going on lately. And we listened to one of your sermons. Yeah, all uh, three of us man. Did. We all tuned yeah, in. From Sunday. We had a little um, group I mean, chat I going. I text Jason immediately, man. Like, we all blasted yeah, I mean, that did. bad boy out, I man. did. I was like, bro, like, we have got to get us. And, you know, we all, I guess we we all agreed, man. And we just felt, felt the urgency about it. And, especially, man, like just hearing from where you come from and, and, and yeah. your viewpoint on it is so unique because you you have a platform. And and uh, we felt that we have a platform, too, as small though it may be. Um, and we have a responsibility. You know what I mean? If you have mm-hmm. a platform like that, you have a responsibility. Right. And, uh, man, that man that that part or that sermon yeah, on Sunday kinda, was it kind of sparked hot this heat, like dude. immediately after service i just went up to him and invited him on yeah. um you can check out mendingplace.org and mm-hmm. you can do a listens to listen to sermons now yeah and there's a link to the sermon titled crushed mm-hmm. and um George, or jason i thought you were going to potentially drop that sermon in our feed as well or drop a link or something I, like yeah, that we're gonna we're yeah. gonna share that sermon in our oh, in our podcast okay. feed yeah, as sweet well. sweet yeah so yeah Thanks for being here. No, thank you. Yeah, yeah thank for you real. Guys thank for having you. It uh, really is a, uh, a a great time to uh, to exercise all platforms and influence to to help people, and so right uh, I'm excited about having the conversation we're going to have, and it it, re- it really speaks true to what I've been challenging everybody else to do anyway. I've been saying that I want people to to get into rooms, to sit at tables, to have conversations, and to to challenge themselves to be uncomfortable and challenge themselves to make progress internally before we can really make progress externally. Mm. And so I believe this conversation should have that. If you're listening online, it should have that, that, uh, tension to it, you know, and I, I yeah. want that tension there. I want people to feel like, Oh my God, I hope they don't talk about that. And then for us to talk about it. <laughs> right. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's kind of what our podcast has been about. Yeah, well, yeah. I can, yeah, I've watched. <laughs> I've watched before, and you're still my friend. Yeah, man. yeah. Oh, hey, hey, that's brother. good. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, so I can't breathe. You know. Yeah, kick us off, man. Yeah, lace us up. Yeah, well, I I think obviously there's uh, everyone has different viewpoints on what that really means and symbolizes. Uh, for me, as a black male living in uh, our society, I think what we saw with George Floyd and and others is. Uh, a picture of systemic racism. It's a picture of the pressures that and societal woes that uh, minorities, specifically black men, uh, black women uh, have been experiencing for a long time. Uh, it's not it's not new for us. Uh, it's not a new anger. It's not a new frustration. It's not a new um, a new position that we've found ourselves under the need of society. Uh, but to be now in a place to where it's being seen and and we don't want people to look away, uh, you know, to to see someone die 
whether uh, you know you watch the video or not but to see someone die it it's a very carnal and visceral it's very primal to see someone die especially through strangulation through suffocation mm-hmm. right. through asphyxia, asphyxia you know it, yeah. it's it's a tough thing to look at and and when i've seen when i've seen footage things online of people who were fighting for their life uh it's very very primal the it's it's something that even Hollywood's best opportunity or best actors cannot depict mm, totally right. because it's it's right. so I have to go all the way there to be able to express what it's like to fight for my life. Mm. And I believe what we're seeing in our culture, seeing in our society is we see people fighting for their life, uh, this unrest, this frustration. Uh, and and some of us have the option to look away. And then there's others who who we have never been able to look away. We've seen it before, but we've just held silence with it. You know, it's something that we right. whispered in rooms or in groups with people who look like us. We we talked about uh, issues and pressures that have been placed on us. But to not have a place where you can have evidence to say that that really did happen. And I think that's what's really that's what's really, I think, different this time is because we're looking at the evidence in such a different way that. Yeah. And, it, and it, I think it's it's a tipping point. It's it's not only just this one incident with George uh, Floyd, but it's it's with others that have come along that we heard about, but we necessarily didn't see footage. We heard about we necessarily believe the evidence we heard about, but we couldn't we couldn't put ourselves in that place. But to actually look at the footage live and to see it again yeah. and again, it says that I can't breathe. We are in a, a position to where many of us have uh, felt that pressure of if I could just get enough breathing room, if I could just get, you know, some of the woes that we have have not necessarily been specifically because black folks are just unwilling to, but we've been asking for breathing room. Right. You know, can I get enough room to where I can breathe? Uh, when you live a life without margin, uh, you, you've got, you don't, you don't make the laws, you don't enforce the laws, you don't judge the law and you don't hold the key to the jail cell. Yeah. And you're saying, well, where do I get in to get room? You know, when I'm when I'm being when I'm being under that type of pressure. And it's a it's a unique thing to have someone's foot on your neck, someone's knee on your neck, to have a system riding your back. Uh, Not only do we know life is hard in general, but then we have the added pressure of saying that it's easy for you to see my difference and that difference then to for you to marginalize me or think that I'm less than or I can't make it. There's a lot of people who right now, white and black and brown who are saying, I'm sick of seeing this. I can't breathe. And I think that's what brings yeah. us to the table. Right. That is just not, uh, it, it, it seems to me that when I see the marches and the pictures of Dr. King and others, that when white America gets sick of seeing it too, right, it's just not enough for one. But when, when we see our white brothers and sisters who are <laughs> sick of seeing it too, and of course we know there's a lot of other stuff going on underneath this this, this yeah. behind the scenes people playing games and doing crazy stuff outside but right. but when we see that people are saying like I'm standing up and I know that this will this will this will divide this will cause me to be counted in a way that where people may not like what I'm going to say next mm-hmm. they may want to uh you know I feel that way but I'm nervous about what will happen to me if I if I stand for or stand against and this is the hour where uh, history will will be accurate more accurate in this hour because of all of our ways of uh, chronologically putting information and memorializing information history will be more accurate around this event than it has yeah. ever been around wow. any event. right, right. So, you know so casey you know when we got here we were just kind of like man it's a crazy time huh 
And, you know, Casey said, can you believe that one man's actions would cause such a reaction? And I said, you know, it, it's not just one man's action. It's almost like, well, it was a straw that broke the camel's back. No, it's kicking the camel while its back's already broken. Oh right. man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so you're talking about all the other instances that have happened throughout history. Yeah. We got this one on video mm-hmm. and it's a white man kneeling on a black man's neck. Mm-hmm. Obviously racism is a situation of the heart. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of hard to know if there was racial motivation or racist motivation in that. Yeah. And I'm not here to say whether or not there was or not, but what you're talking about is not just one instance, not just this video, right. mm-hmm. but all of the other times we've heard and didn't really know yeah. Yeah. It, there was, you know, the evidence, maybe, maybe not different kinds of testimonies, that kinds of thing, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Right. But that the primal nature of the video of watching another man fight for his life when it could have easily been handed back to him or sustained right. with just a simple act of decent humanity. Yeah. Oh, you know, when you, when you hear a man crying for his mama. Yeah. I mean, that's real. You know what I mean? For a grown man to cry for his mother. I mean, I don't, I don't know anybody who's ever been in a street fight who cried for his mama. You know what I mean? We, I, I don't know anybody who's ever been in a position that at that age, 40 some years old, and you're crying for your mother. That's a tough man. That's, that's real. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And, yeah. And for that, that for, for the situation to evolve or devolve to a point to where he's no longer talking anymore and your neck, your foot is still on his neck. I mean, obviously we've seen it. We've seen the footage. We've heard right. about it, but I, I get a reaction every time I think about it because of all of his language that he was using. I can't breathe. I, I you know what? My chest is hurt. My stomach is hurting. You know, I mean, he's saying all these things. But when people are saying they're hurting and you ignore it, I mean, that's we're looking at this in a very micro, but look, at, let's blow it up to a macro setting. Right. People have been saying black folks have been saying for a long time, I'm, I'm hurting. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm hurting. I can't breathe. I, my stomach is hurting. My back is hurting. My neck. Can you please? And then to get to this point, it it says, you know, there's a lot that obviously we. We can't cover tonight, but I, when I look at this and I see that picture and I hear that those statements, I identify with him. You understand what I'm saying? I right. think yeah. that's what people are people are doing that they're identifying with him, mm-hmm. and that <clears throat> right. that's a powerful concept to see your brother hurting mm-hmm. or to see uh, uh, for you maybe at times you could have looked past it, but to see someone hurting and show empathy yep. to see that to come close to say that I'm going to get close enough to care. And mm, I think that people man. have been, they've been doing that. They've been close to it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a real interesting, you know, you were talking about this, this tragedy that happened. It, it's been interesting to see it play out on social media mm-hmm. because it is making people very uncomfortable because they can't get away from it. Right. It's impossible to get away from it. And so this last Saturday, I'm a wedding photographer. I was getting ready to go shoot a wedding. I had, we had a babysitter and I need to pick up food for the kids and stuff. And so I had managed to continue to keep scrolling by, um, and scrolling by. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I went to the store, um, and I saw some black people at Aldi Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they were shopping. And it was in that moment that I felt like God, God addressed my heart and was like, how, how can you how can you just look away? Right. And so it was in that, 
it was in a in a 10 minute drive from my store to the house that God almost gave me this download in my mind of like of just this massive jolt of empathy but also in dr- addressing my heart as to hey Chris why have you been able to scroll by right. why haven't you yeah. been wanting to look at this and then it was in that moment that I had to wrestle with okay well what's going on and it was in that moment that I had to get ready for this wedding. Mm-hmm. I had to get ready to go shoot it, but I, I sat in my car and I couldn't, I could have waited. I typed up a, a big long post that, mm-hmm. you know, that was from the heart and I felt like it was what God wanted me to say. And, yeah. and I sent it to a few people to check and I didn't post it until later that night, but I, I could not, not yeah. say something. It was yeah. at that point, but that only became, that only came from God hitting me upside the head and saying, yeah. Hey, why? Why are you wanting to look away? Mm. And so it's interesting to see people in a place to where I think they're getting tired of seeing it in their feed and it's making them uncomfortable and they're, and they're, and they're getting defensive. And and so, I mean, I don't know. What do you think about all that? Well, I'm, I'm glad I, I, I'm glad that you were stirred like that. I mean, it, not just you, but I'm glad that society is stirred like that. I'm glad that people who normally, have the luxury of not being fatigued by this. I'm glad right. they're getting fatigued. Right. Right. Yeah. It, it, it just, it you just no longer have been, the luxury to just yeah. like to sit back and chill. Come on, man. And especially with what you were saying, um, sorry to interrupt, no, but, man, jump in. but yeah. uh, you know, but, but that, that death and being able to witness that mm-hmm. completely to the end of it, mm-hmm. like that's a scary thing mm-hmm. you know what i mean when mm-hmm. you and i like i was driving today i was working and like i put my myself in that position as you literally know but nobody is doing anything around you and this man is is literally choking you to death and you know you're on the way out like the terror those kind of things mm-hmm. man and i just was like dude like all i could say out loud was god help us man like you know that kind of violence on on another human being regardless and it's interesting to me that people are like well i wonder what he did wrong that's got nothing to do with it you know what i mean on, like man. you address that in your sermon yeah. yeah yeah there's a fraternity there's fraternities that some would call them just systems but they're fraternities that would my loyalty to the fraternity is so strong that it won't allow me to break rank mm. you know when you right. see you see the officers who are standing and watching and from my law enforcement experience there's some there's some real things that I don't want to be considered a uh, hug a thug. You know what I mean? Uh, that's a term that goes on law enforcement. I don't want to be the type of person who who cares uh, more for the criminal than I care for the cop. Mm. So when we get into Dang, situations man. where we pride, I believe I don't know the man's heart. So I can't say what was going through his mind in the moment. Sir. But uh, it brings us here today. So I will say that I do know what I feel was going on through his mind as far as is in law enforcement, you don't, you don't back down from people. That's not what you get trained to do. Right. Mm. So, so now I'm in a position to where I may have been justified to, to, to subdue or bring a uh, Floyd down. But then now I got my, my knee on his neck and people are telling me I'm wrong and see pride then creeps in. Wow. I'm in authority. So if I remove my knee, it says I was wrong. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? You yeah. almost get kicked down a peg from your authority. Yeah. It's so almost I'm, like you give yeah, up that authority. Yeah, so now I don't give up my position because 
You know what? I don't want anyone to know that I'm wrong, even if I'm feeling that in my mind. Golly. And this is a tough conversation to have for people who may not be. I mean, you not may be uh, familiar with the culture, but I know what it's like to say that. No, no, no. We have to have solidarity here in this moment. Mm-hmm. So you don't tap a brother or sister on this. Hey, you, you, you all right, man? It's time for you to back out of this. You know, what I mean, they were unwilling to even do that. Mm. I think that's that's. Yeah. And how many people in our in real life have you ever seen someone actually die? I mean, you. I mean, not the the world. We just don't see it all the time. At least not right. in the U.S. Right, where you just see someone. Man, that man just died in front of me. You know what I mean? And, and that, not and not just you know one person. You're talking a whole a whole a large majority of the nation seeing the same event. The same right. Thing. Yeah, and it's and it's so crystal clear. I think that those fraternities and loyalties have long since been in existence. Whether we see them through a police fraternal order of police on streets, or we see them in country clubs, we see them in in uh, courtrooms, we see them in hospitals and doctor's offices. We see them in voting booths and registration booths. And we, we've seen these fraternities. My loyalty is so strong. Even when I know something's wrong, my loyalty is so strong to that, that fraternity right. because I can never see myself operating outside of being identified with them. Mm. You know what I mean? I, 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 I belong to community so strongly that it, 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 I think it alienates us and makes us afraid to stand up. But now in this moment, I'm seeing people who were standing up and it has it, it's beautiful for people to break rakes. I'm breaking rank with with my norm or what is the norm. And I can't say that that was good. It, I can't go. I can't continue to ignore it or be, be quiet. And I'm, I'm excited about the discomfort because I know one thing about God is that in that discomfort, right. he drives us into places we Absolutely. wouldn't otherwise go. Yeah, right. it's it's that it's that discomfort that I'm praying for. That not the discourse as far as burning buildings and blowing up. I mean, you know, blowing up and lighting, lighting cars on fire. I'm not saying that, right, right. but I'm saying that 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 inconvenience. The, there's an internal dis- discomfort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let that let that sit because that's the stuff that really makes change. The pressure in this moment needs to stay, and it um, it needs to stay far longer than I want it to for it to really make the change we need. Dang man, it's just like COVID. If COVID would have been two weeks, would it have just happened and we'd have forgot about it? Right, but it stayed long enough to where it it would not go away. It permeated, I think, but in our I minds. think that, and yeah. I think that's part of the thing too. Is up to up to now, we haven't marinated on anything. Oh, I mean, it's a flavor of the week type thing with mm-hmm. a lot of those issues that happen, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember certain issues that literally after a course of two weeks, you know, uh, they moved on to the next story, mm-hmm. and it and it became this backdrop. You know what I mean? Like nobody nobody was paying attention anymore. Right. So right. you're right about at where I felt, you know. Like man, drawn to that statement that let it marinate. You know what I mean? Let it sit around a while. Yeah, you know, sit. you know, till you get inconvenienced. <clears throat> See, it gets to the point to where you get inconvenienced. Now you can't go to the neighborhood you want to go to, or you can't go downtown like you like to, or you can't go and do. It has to be an inconvenience to where you can't watch what you normally watch on TV, to where you can't relax like you normally want to relax in your backyard, to where you just you don't sleep well like you used to sleep. It has to be that, and. I, so I'm, I'm just pushing. I think where we sometimes pray, we want to pray away God's plan because the pain of it, the <laughs> pressure. Of it, right. Yeah, it's too uncomfortable. Right. God, please put, bring peace. No, no, no. I want him to bring that discomfort so that we will so we can finally see movement <laughs> on this needle and it right. not be something that we keep on just talking about until next time. Right. right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Our last episode was titled The Disruptive Nature of God. Oh, and man. it's exactly that idea yeah. that you you don't it's escape the discomfort right or the 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 pressure mm-hmm. from the circumstance until 
it finishes its course. Right, right. Right. And it's and it's that discomfort. I mean, I have a group chat with some with some friends of mine and we when we were constantly, you know, talking about stuff going on in our personal lives, stuff mm-hmm. that's going on in the world, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. And so, I mean, there's been people that have been having conversations with their families mm-hmm. and and you're talking about, you know, them being the only no one in their families is saying anything and then they can't sit back because that right. discomfort is too much. Right. And so they pipe up and then it makes the family uncomfortable. And then the, <laughs> there's a little division right. in the family. I mean, yeah, there's right. there's that stuff, but but that's good. Mm-hmm. And and so I'm seeing lots of people stand up and begin to say things. I'm 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 proud to say that I'm seeing um, many of my white friends yeah. beginning to stand up and beginning yeah. to say something. Yeah, it's going to take all of us. It's right. going to take all of us to feel uncomfortable together. And what has happened before it was uh, black folks were really angry. You know what I mean? We were really angry, but no one else was. Right. You know, or very few people or people who who may have been kind of like a Nicodemus with us. They they agreed, but they were in the shadows. You know what I mean? But to have people who are willing to stand and come out of the shadows, uh, that that matters. That matters. And I think we need to be courageous and know that there's going to be missteps. There's going to be missteps. There's going to be mistakes. There's going to be things that you're going to try and they're going to fail. But we but we're not asking again, like I said on Sunday, I'm not asking for perfection. We're asking for experiment. We're right. asking for you to do something different. You know, uh, you that's know, important. I, I wanted to go back to something you said about breaking rank. And I just have two thoughts on that. One, Jesus broke rank. <laughs> no. He's the master at it, man. <laughs> right? He he didn't consider the equality, equality with God. With God right? to be he, he who humility, man. He who knew no sin became Damn. sin. He left his riches so that we might become yeah. the riches, right? So, I mean, he did that. But also what you're talking yeah. about in these kinds of conversations, like getting out of your comfort zone and having these conversations with friends and families and speaking out, mm-hmm. like a lot of people, because of the way they think and the way they actually feel, are afraid to break that rank and speak out because then it's right. going to cause discomfort disruption within their family one guy says i experienced that tonight at dinner with my family you start speaking speaking out on that stuff somebody you know and love close to you disagrees with you yeah it gets really uncomfortable yeah and you know we shy away from that kind of stuff because Mm -hmm. it is uncomfortable it is messy you know and it's interesting to me man that you know jesus did not shy away shy away from mess man like he plunged his i mean he was he was neck deep in it you know, and um, that connection, man, around around having conversation. I mean, I can, I've experienced this personally in my life recently. You know, I mean, my my brother-in-law, who's I just consider him my brother. You know what I mean? Him and I are going to sit down and have a conversation like that coming up soon. You yeah. know, um, because that connection, man, is is a is a big piece of what we're missing. You know, um, mm-hmm. because as long as it's disconnected and I'm disconnected from Dion, mm-hmm. then I don't I don't mm-hmm. then I can't get my feelings involved. Mm-hmm. I can't get close to it mm-hmm. because I'm isolated over here because I don't have to have connection but when you make those those or when you make purpose it to have those conversations now you're opening up connection man and that the spirit in me to the spirit in you you know that connection in between mm. you know and 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 that's that man i believe that's so important man mm. you know dion you said something in your sermon last week this past sunday that really stuck with me and it, and it shook me and caused me to further dive into my processing of myself and my heart but but I think you I'm going to paraphrase and correct me with whatever it is but it was something along the lines of how are you different from the last time that a black person has lost their life Ooh. how how are you different how have you changed yeah. and and it was then that I had to look at myself and go I haven't yeah I, I haven't changed at all 
yeah, my my life hasn't changed. My circle, my cadence, uh, you know, I, I I don't I don't think different. Don't do anything different. Don't say anything different. Don't frequent different spots. I'm not I'm not reading anything different. I'm not consuming content any different. I mean, those are all those are all real things that we we have to force ourselves out of those cycles. And I I'll be honest with you. The reason why I started saying that at Baltimore is because I didn't really make changes after Trayvon. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like Trayvon came, right. da, 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 things in between. Then here's Baltimore. And I'm like, man, I can't I can't tell what I've I done. And as a pastor, I'm like, well, I'm just going to preach a little bit harder. And it wasn't enough. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like I'm going to preach harder on it. Or, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm going to say a little bit more. I'm going to do a series on difference or, you know, what I mean, whatever. You know what I mean? Something, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Some real passive that. That yes, it needs to be done, but then it has to go a little bit further personally. And and I, I the reason why I said it wasn't because out of frustration to people who would be listening is because I had to ask myself the same question. Right, right. And 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 especially as being black male, what have I done different? Because there's a there's a part of me that has a that has a acquired a level of success. I don't live in the same neighborhood I grew up in. You know, I I can I can drive and eat and go and shop and buy wherever I want to. Right, but. But that does then insulate me in some way to where I have to then ask myself, okay, so what are you doing different? And that's, to me, I I had justified myself. I justified myself because I was in black skin. That that means Mm. just because I'm I'm black, then that means I I don't have to do as much. Right. You know what I mean? That's my thinking, you know. And then it it required me to say, you know what, unless I get engaged now. Uh, and the Holy Spirit did such a beautiful job with me this past week. He just unlocked some things in me. Mm. You know what I mean? He just was like, you know, because I, I was shaped. I grew I went to law enforcement at 23 and and at 40, I, I came out. So 17 years in there and, and in all those years of me being shaped by this very right wing environment uh, where we look for facts and we don't deal with feelings and we right. deal with we our communication is factual. Did you? do these elements to this crime? Are you guilty of this on this day around about this time you did these things and that then, you know, there's no gray. It's, it's boom, boom. It's very factual. It's, and it's, it's very technical to deal with that, but we know that life is not that way. And so I came out and there were some things in me that initially I had to say, I had to ask myself, you know, why are you not as feeling that way about this particular thing? Bible believer, Holy spirit field. And, and still, I had to had to come from that learning, that training of it's got to be facts first, and which is it's it's very good when you're in the process of high intensity, uh, second by second change that you do factual and you re, you adjust and what's important now, all that I get it, but then you start trying to deal with people groups and pain and sorrow and trauma. You deal with all the very it's variable. Yeah. It's not so it's not just cut and dry. It's so variable. Yeah. I couldn't it's switch not, it. It's not robotic. It's, no, it's yeah. human. Yeah, I couldn't switch it. And and in some way that I, I can see and I'm not speaking for all white people, or all black people, but I can see in some way how law enforcement communities or uh, systems, governmental systems or some even in, in white America could be. Well, it's not it's. Let me go to the facts because then it keep, prevents me from dealing with the feelings. You know, it prevents, yeah. prevents me yeah. from looking at a, a man give his last breath. It prevents me from thinking that's a bad thing and I can look at the facts. It's the same thing when I looked at this, the, the video with uh, Amy Cooper mm-hmm. uh, in, uh, in Central, Central Park. Park. Yeah. This is the thing that blew me away. 
I mean, I, and I don't know if someone else seen this, and it may have just been on the feed that I was on when I was looking at it, but it was a lot of people commenting on what she was doing to the dog and what she did not do to the man. Mm. So even in my mind, I'm getting frustrated by looking at the comments. It was like, oh my gosh, look at what she's doing to that dog. Look at what she's doing to that dog. Look at what she's doing. I'm like, did we miss the whole video of what she just lied? I'm yeah. going to say that an African-American male did, you know what I mean? To me, then that makes him even less than the dog. Right. Because Man. the comments are are about the dog more than it is about the fact that this man's life really was being at, at stake with the lie and the theatrics of he's attacking me and my dogs. And, and, and this is what and this is what when it comes to racism, I feel like there are many people when they think the word racism, they go extreme. They mm -hmm. go slavery. Right. They go swastikas. They go yeah. They go rebel flag. They go way up yeah. here. And and it's these mindsets mm -hmm. that we have that are that we don't choose to think this way mm -hmm. people's first instinct wasn't to focus like they didn't actively choose to focus on the mm -hmm. dog first mm -hmm. because of the way that they were raised and because of this the systemic racism their mind already went there and so there's people are so blind to see that mm -hmm. and so now i'm seeing lots more people have conversations and saying hey here are some things that kind of float under the table we look at the top things there's a pyramid we look at the top things that are kkk you mm -hmm. know the most extremes but there's so many things Man, it's flies that, under the radar. It's right. It's latent. It's hidden beneath the surface. And this brother. is that heart stuff. Yeah. You know, what you're talking about right there is kind of what, um, it just reminded me of something you said on Sunday where you're talking about the story of the good Samaritan found in scripture. Mm -hmm. And so there's a guy who had been attacked by thieves. He's laying on the road, mm -hmm. a priest, uh, whoever Levi. comes by Levi come mm -hmm. by, they mm -hmm. ignore the guy. Then here comes mm -hmm. a Samaritan who was kind of the outcast, the exile mm -hmm. people group from the Jews. Mm -hmm. And he helps the man who was probably Jewish. Mm -hmm. um, so he associates with him in order to help him. But you brought up some good points about, you know, a lot of times we miss the issue. The guy was a victim of a crime. Yeah. But then people want to start saying, well, why'd you travel alone at night? Why weren't you <laughs> oh, part man, of the caravan? Right. You know on. what we need to do? We need to put street lamps. Yeah. We need to pave the road and put mm -hmm. some businesses. So, mm -hmm. it, you know, that and we start focusing on the wrong things. Well, well, you know, he should have complied. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. right. He, he he should have said yes, officer. That's, he has some more respect. And you know that's so mm -hmm. that's that's yeah exactly. And that's so man like what a dangerous thought process like that we automatically go to. Well, he should have. Like I said, like what did he do wrong? Like yeah. What? Why is yeah. that? Why 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 is that even being brought up in a in the conversation? Well, what did he do wrong? What does it matter? You know. Well, let's play that out though. I mean, let's say that that he was wrong, but but the the punishment doesn't meet. The, the, the crime. crime right exactly. i mean uh, you he passed judgment on that man right there on the street dog. Man, yeah. how many people have resisted arrest before and you know what i mean like how many people yeah. have well, how many people yeah. have tried to pass if i'm honest i mean this right. is i ran from the cops forgery a 20 dollar bill right i mean are we talking about i mean are we talking about let's say ahmad was looking for something to steal do we do we trap him in the middle of the road and then shoot him yeah I mean, it, it, you know, no. we we got to ask ourselves, are we trying to are we trying to prevent ourselves from really having a real conversation about that? Because I want to look at the facts and I'm telling you that in one way, law enforcement, that works. But in the other side, it, it it hinders you from being, you know, aware of that. That's real pain. And I'm not saying that that um, that I always got it right. But I will say 
is that when we don't see real pain and we want to stay in the fact place, it's easy to try to navigate their issue. It's it's what I said in y'all Sunday. The lawyer asked a question seeking to do what? Justify himself. Mm-hmm. It's not about justice. It's about justifying himself. Mm. And those two things are, are what mm. we're dealing Man. with. We don't ever get into that justice part because I'm too busy trying to justify myself. Well, why is it okay for me to feel the way I feel? Why is it okay for me to think the way I think? Why is it, why, why do not, why don't I need to change? Because I'm all right. I understand who my neighbor is. He really didn't want to have the conversation on having a neighbor who was someone he may not like, or he may not want to do life with. Mm-hmm. Only people that live in his zip code, only people that visit the, his, the target with him, you know, only people that, that, that go to his quick trip or whatever, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That we have, uh, we've got a very small circles that we run in. And anytime that I'm looking to make myself feel good about a particular situation or circumstance, I'm justifying myself mm-hmm. in, in, in anything. You know what I mean? I get in an argument with my wife. Well, I'm going to hold this position because it makes me feel right. You know what I mean? And, and, or a girlfriend or whoever, you know what I mean? I'm going to hold this position because, and, but now we see it play out in, in, in prejudice. And it's because now I don't want to be, I don't want to give justice because justice means that there may be some implications that, that are in my life that I'm implicated by. Exactly. So, you know, so me and Chris were talking about this earlier and I said, people are afraid to admit a wrong when they think that admitting the wrong that somebody else committed implicates them in, in, in the wrongness. Mm-hmm. So basically like saying like a white person saying white people are racist. Well, you're not saying all white people are racist. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can say some white mm-hmm. people are racist, mm-hmm. but because you identify mm-hmm. with the white race mm-hmm. in order for you to say that you think that's that you're implicating yourself. yourself. That's exactly. why we, that's why we don't like, and that's, that's, that's a why really black, good lives, point. black lives matter. At, uh, the events ago became one of those things that I'm looking to justify myself. All lives matter. Blue lives matter. Right. Yellow lives matter. It's a justification move because if I have to say that, if I agree with it without that statement, then it means that I have not done something or I have done something. So you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and, and yeah, yeah and when I, go ahead. Yeah. And when I, you know, used to hear that, you know, especially with, with the instance, incidences that came before, mm-hmm. you know, um, when I heard the word systemic racism, mm-hmm. like, or that white people, you know, white supremacy, things like that, man, it's something in me. It was like, it like agitated me. Mm-hmm. I was mad that, that people would think that just like, there's this white, you know, because people that just are around and we're just trying to run everything. And like, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, uh, man, I, I just remember getting super agitated, but as I, as I begin to analyze and to observe things, man, like there are truths that come through, um, especially, and I, I wanted to ask you a question about, um, did you feel that the police force desensitized you in a way? Yeah. Because uh, I think to survive in law enforcement and I, I say survive intentionally because I went in with the guys because I was a Christian, uh, you know, I was a pastor for a period of time in law enforcement that I was, invincible that I could, I would not be impacted or, in, or, or affected by the, the, the community, the culture. And, uh, I love, I love my law enforcement brothers. I mean, I, I really do. And so that puts me in a, a, a funky position because even as I share this now, I know how hard the job is. You know what I mean? I right. know how hard it is and I know how that no one can really understand it unless you put on a uniform and you go to work with a bulletproof vest on. You don't really understand that. You don't understand to receive hate and frustration from people who who 
who you don't completely understand and you don't really have all the time even to to get to know. Um, you know, one of the things that I thought about after I preached that message and I thought was unfair uh, on my part is mm. that I didn't mention I didn't mention all the lives of law, law enforcement officers that have died, you know, at the hands of other people that we don't right. talk about that. And for me to be fair. Right. Even here in this culture, just two while I was on the while I was well, one while I was on the department and one right right after I, I retired um, with uh, uh, Brian Etheridge. I remember standing on the streets on on South Rock Road here in Wichita, Kansas, after he was ambushed as he went to, uh, a, a, I think, a larceny auto or something like that. that. You know, what I mean, I remember where I was sitting at when I heard him through garbled speech on the radio saying I've been shot. Oh, my gosh. Do you, you understand what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So when when we when we Gosh. it's easy for us to say that it's just all or nothing. But but what we did not do when he was shot, we didn't protest. What does that say about then people who work in law enforcement? You know, what I mean, what is what do we say to them now? There's people. Yes, there was community groups who who gave and who who gave money to the family and, and helped the family. And there was all that going on. But we don't we don't look at law enforcement and say, man, that hurt us, too. Right. You know, there's there's very few people who that we see funerals. We have a little bit of coverage and then it goes away. Right. right. But when we then when we look at law enforcement, we see uh, Brian Etheridge. And that was in September 28th, 2009. I got the dates down here. And then the last one, uh, Robert Kunze, mm-hmm. September 16th, 2018. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Recently. Recently. Sunday, I'm coming from church and I get a couple text messages, man. One of one of we, we've lost one. And I'm telling you that that hurts me just as much as it hurts me seeing George Floyd with somebody's knee on his neck. Yeah. Yeah. We do. I have space for both of those as a community. Do we have space to hold both of those to be true? Do we realize that Samaritans come in all shapes, sizes and forms? Wow. That at some point in time, I'll be your Samaritan. At some point in time, you'll be my Samaritan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That we this isn't this isn't typecast. God, he reserves the right to put us in any position to where in one moment I may be this, I may be the one who fell among thieves. And in one moment, I hate to admit it, but I may be the priest walking on by, turning a blind eye. I may be the thief. I may wound you. Ooh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, can I, can I hold that idea or do I, or I only see myself as a Samaritan, the good guy. We don't like to write ourselves into the story that way. Right. Here's what I think happens when it goes, you know, so you have people that change their minds and we've seen this in, in so many different things. Jason, you know, when we came out of our, our, our past ministry experiences, we were on this side of the pendulum. And so we said, Oh, well this must not be right. So I got to swing so far over here and I got to compensate. And so I think that people who are, who are coming alive to this or have been in the fight, you know, for some time against, Mm -hmm. against racism, you know, they, they were over here and they had space for this. And so they swing way over here. And I think it, it, it takes some time to course correct, but I think that that's why that happens, why people swing so far the other way and go, no, there isn't room for that. Yeah. You, you, you can't, there is not room to hold both of these lives. Right. right. And so if I have to analyze it, I mean, that's where I come in at you know, what I think that people are, are processing. That's a good word. But they don't want to be wrong because they were wrong in the past. Mm-hmm. And so they, it's almost like they got to make up for it in a sense. That's good. And what, what else happens? Cause you're talking about there being space for both. And that's a, I mean, that's a really good point, Yeah. but what people like to do is they'll say, well, more black men get killed by police officers than police officers get killed by the, any community. Right. And then they start to weigh things. Right. Well, it's those facts that Dion was talking about. Let's let's look at the facts. Let's get factual. 
Yeah. What do the statistics say? I, I've seen, I see it all over, uh, all over Facebook. People start busting out the stats. Well, here's what the stats say and more black. I was busting busting out stats with you today. On both sides. It's again, it's a validation of the stance that you hold. You know what I mean? It's statistics on both sides. We use those numbers, and yes, mm-hmm. numbers are very, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they can be accurate in some things, but we're talking about a macro. We're not talking about every, you know, isol- it's not an isolated thing. And so when we use those statistics, again, what Dion was saying, yeah. it's it's the justification so that I don't have to be wrong. Well, look right. at the statistics, yeah. you know, or or the, look at the neighborhoods. They live, like, we can we can paint it any way we want to paint it. That's the problem, because we always want to, we always want to spin it to something that's not so personal, something that's not so real, something that's not so ugly yeah, you know yeah, what i mean yeah so that we don't have to deal with it because we we're perfectly fine living in our suburbs out here so that we yeah, we man. isolate people and allocate different you know like look at just like oaklawn or south city mm-hmm. or you you know where you're at where, you know what yeah, i mean mm-hmm. you can tell by the color of the people's skin yeah. i know when i'm on the north side you know right. what i mean which is a fact yeah you know mm-hmm. but we use that mm-hmm. and to, and not necessarily to weaponize it but honestly oh, as, yeah. to, as a defense well, it's, you know weaponized. it's to relieve ourselves of the burden of liability mm-hmm. we don't want to have to do anything about it right we just want things to to change but we don't want to have to admit that there's wrongdoing and we don't want to have to give any kind of action towards that change. It's strange to me the lengths that we will go to to, to justify our position rather than the lengths that we will go to to try to... To, to empathize. Right. Mm. With a position. And, right. And that, to rather than be open, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to great lengths to make sure that my gates can remain shut, mm. that, I, that I make sure that I lock my doors, that I make sure that I can pull a shotgun out of my closet. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, we just go to great lengths to, to, to rally in our in our comfort and to make sure that you know that we're not being inconvenienced that we're not being self-preservation exactly you know and jason and i were talking earlier he hit me up and we kind of had a podcast before the podcast yeah i did the same thing <laughs> but, it happens all the time. But, Every but, um, time. but you you asked me a very pointed question that stopped me in my tracks you said uh what what do you want to happen yeah i think you said mm. you asked me what what do you want to happen you know, if people are becoming woke or whatever, or informed, whatever phrase you want to use. Stay woke, you fam. Know, yeah. What do you want to happen? And it stopped me. I had to think about it for a minute. But then when it hit me, it hit me. And I was like, this is what I, I mean, I want people to feel empathy. Like, I am seeing so much lack mm-hmm. of that mm-hmm. on social media. Mm-hmm. And this is the whole, I mean, and I'm talking entry level. If we're talking first step, like I, I think that that's the first step that people need to experience is that yeah. empathy. Mm-hmm. Because without that, I mean, empathy causes you to do self-examination and it causes you to, well, first look outward, but then you look inward. I feel like because of those interactions mm-hmm. and we see Jesus when he comes into contact, empathizing with people. Is- is indifference the opposite of empathy? Because because you know, yeah. I've heard that indifference is the opposite of love. You just don't care. That's even worse than hate because there's still passion behind hate. Indifference is yeah. nothing. That's lukewarm. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's a indifference is such a tricky thing. I can't I can't speak to in absolutes about that. Sure, but I will it's say good. that I like it. I will say that that indifference to me is. It's it's you're dying of cancer and you don't know it. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like I'm dying but I don't know it. It you know when mm. I when at least when I'm angry or I'm joyful I've got some sense ah, of yeah. of something. You yeah. know what I mean? But indifference is such a sneaky killer. It's like 
you know, dying of uh, carbon monoxide or something. You know what I mean? It's like, like you know what? You're I not know, aware. Yeah, I'm not even aware. Next thing yeah. you know, I don't wake up. I mean, it's it's got that type of thing to it, and it it lies right there beneath the surface, and people don't see it. So, what what I think personally about that is that when we see people who are dealing with prejudice, it it often manifests itself in that indifference. It, it, it you know, well, I'm not prejudiced because I don't have a hate for you. Yes. But I don't care about you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, does that make sense what I'm saying? And it's like, well, where, where do I put that? And yeah. so I, I feel justified in that, you know, but anytime there's anytime I think that you have intrinsically less value than me or you're not even worth worrying about. I set myself up for indifference. That indifference then leads me to injustice. To where it doesn't it doesn't matter about your pain because I don't really matter. You don't matter because you're you inferior. Matter. Yeah, you're and inferior. I feel and I feel mm -hmm. like when we when we address the topic of of systemic racism, it's it's that it's that it's it's a it's kind of an insidious thing, right? Mm -hmm. that we're, to where we have made people inferior, you know. Yeah. And when you make people inferior, and so that's what the reason why I asked you about the desensitization because I know that when I was in the military, mm -hmm. um, you know, they 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 especially in a combat MOS, mm -hmm. you they you you use slurs for you know for you know middle eastern people you mm -hmm. know because it makes them yeah. inferior it yeah. makes it easier mm, to you yeah. for you to dis, dis, disassociate makes it to do my job exactly yeah. right yeah disassociate with the humanity yeah. exactly and so we're talking about empathy and I'm, I'm talking to christopher about this and i'm just saying it's hard for people to experience empathy when they're not close to the situation when it's not personal so when it's not personal yeah. so it's a lot right. harder yeah. For a white or Hispanic or an Asian or whatever mm -hmm. to empathize fully with watching the unjust death, execution, whatever, of a murder of a black man yeah. because you're so far separated. This morning I woke up and I realized that there had been uh, rioting and gunshots and, uh, you know, police rocks and bullets and all that stuff from rioting in the north side of Wichita. Mm. I woke up, I started reading some of that stuff and people that I know and that I love, I've been in this part of the city for 10 years, people that I know and love, friends, were up late, didn't sleep, were afraid, their kids were afraid. And so yeah. being under the th a threat of whatever they were afraid of, yeah. it hit me right in the empathy center. Mm -hmm. And for the first time, I actually gave a crap about what was happening in my backyard. Come on, man. Because yeah. it hit home close mm -hmm. and it's very difficult for people who are so far removed from the situation right. to actually have empathy for it. That's look at COVID New York. People are aware of it. Go to Kansas. Uh, the people are over exaggerating it. <laughs> well, dude, I'll even tell you this today. So the, there was, there was uh, uh, a peaceful protest that happened in Derby. Mm -hmm. and, and so I live in Derby. I mean, it's a, it's a over overly, <laughs> White, white community, the whitest community I've ever lived in. So, it's cases from Mulvane. Yeah, cases from Mulvane. So well, I'm not from Mulvane. Oh, you're okay. not. Where are you you're not from the vein. That's not my side. No, <laughs> I don't claim that's. He, does, he doesn't want to claim, claim Mulvane. No, I grew up in Derby. No. Yeah, okay. okay. So it's Beaver, there was a, it's there Beaver was a, Cleaver for sure. <laughs> there was a, a peaceful protest that happened, mm -hmm. and I saw in so many Facebook comments, "Get that out of here." Come on, man. Get that away from here. And, and it's because of the discomfort. Mm -hmm. And it's right. because people want, don't want to see it. Mm -hmm. And because if they see it, they have to address it. They mm -hmm. have to form an opinion. They have to do something about it. Or just or sell, or listen, truth is a funny thing. Uh, it, to tell the truth, to be a truth teller means that you're not going to be liked by anybody. Mm. You know what I mean? 
uh, you tell the truth too much and you'll find yourself without friends. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, right. So yeah. you, you look you look at when when people are are they're so uncomfortable where they have to they have to self disclose their position to where like I don't like that. Well, when it wasn't in Derby, I didn't have to even say anything because yep. I could can go on my porch, turn on my TV, flip channels, skip the news media, don't look at my phone, watch Netflix, whatever. But then when I got to drive down the street and I see kids and I see white kids with signs saying Black Lives Matter, it messes with me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yep. I mean, this is real conversation that we have to be able to have a true conversation. And 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 truth tellers normally get killed. Mm. Look at Jesus. Yep. Mm. Look at Martin. Mm-hmm. Truth truth tellers get killed. You don't you're not gonna be a truth teller for long because it, it, it you start costing people money. You know what I mean? At the Ooh. end of the day, it's money. You know what I mean? I, so I, I, I'll say this. We've got, we, the sc- truth is so powerful that Jesus only gives us a command to speak the truth in love mm-hmm. because it's so powerful. You can't, It'll you can hurt. weaponize it. You can yeah. weaponize yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's hard. And we, even now, as we both are dealing with pain, many of us are dealing with pain. I want to say many of us are dealing with pain and discomfort that we want to tell the truth. But, and I know that telling the truth has to be done in a way that it, one, it can be received because it, to tell the truth and it, it weaponizes, it doesn't, it doesn't have the same impact. Yeah, people right? don't receive that. It's the right no, thing from the wrong place. They don't. That's good. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that it, it requires a level of sobriety, even in the midst of this adversity to be able to to accurately explain why this is important yeah. and why now and why it needs to why we need to address it because we've got too many we've got too many racist comments that are that are dog whistles and you, so for those of you who may know what the, what I mean by that there's political phrases that lets me know that you're with me right they let you know what yeah, side you stand yeah, it's on dog, yeah without me saying that I'm a I'm a white nationalist or that I want things to go back to the way they were when there was more of me than it was of them. And yeah. when, when I, I could I could distance myself without having to see them or deal with them. And I'm talking about on both sides of it. Yeah. But I'm saying specifically for you to say that we're going to be tough on crime. That's dog whistle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For saying that we're, we're going to police gonna the deal, black neighborhoods. We're going to over police marginalized and poor, co- poor communities of color so that they'll stay in their place and you can be free to do what you want to do in mm-hmm. your, your area, your side of town. Damn, man. Redlining, where we won't allow you yep. to move into certain neighborhoods. You know what I mean? Well, we'll do neighborhood covens now. I mean, these are, we, we've got to be careful that we, we don't, if we're not, if we're not, our eyes aren't open to it. There's a lot of things that go on that we don't uh, suspect are really rooted in prejudice. And we, we have these dog whistle phrases that, you know, because I, I got people that I used to work with that they would always tell the story by telling what the race of the person was prior to telling any details. And I started asking, so what was that information for? So that I would come to some conclusion. Right about them that I would put them in a group or a box, you know, because, you know, that black person almost cut me off. <laughs> well, what, 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 you know, so I don't mind. Can, so that you can mind. paint the narrative. Yeah, yeah. I just, don't mind that you're mad because someone cut you off or well, almost hit you or sideswiped you. But if you're telling me because it was an Asian, yeah, I don't know. This Asian lady was at the store today and she wanted to help me. But no, what you're doing is you're letting me know that yeah. I should I should draw something from this Man. that you don't have to really say because I give their ethnicity. Yeah, you there's there's yeah. blanks that are there that yeah. they want you to fill in. Come on, man. Right. This is real talk. 
You know what I mean? And we got to, and we, if we don't have conversations about holding both space true, then what, what, what's another truth that we have been feeding our children disobedience for so long. And we're shocked that we raise anarchists. <laughs> Why are we shocked? Why are we shocked that we've got people that we've, we've told don't listen to anybody in authority. Mm-hmm. We've told them that yeah. we've demonstrated it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's my right to be to do whatever. I'm free to do whatever I want to do. And I don't have to submit to any authority. I don't have to think about it, worry about anybody else. And then when we see people acting out and showing out, we're blown away by it. Why? But why are they doing this? Because we fed right. it to them. We fed it to them. Yep. We fed it. To, and, and I'm saying all colors. We fed it to them. And so now we got teachers right now who hate to see certain people, certain kids or in certain communities because we fed to them. Don't don't be disobedient. But at the same time, as school as school teachers and communities, we've ignored that kids are going to school hungry. We've ignored yeah. that kids are being molested and then sent to school. Yeah. Being wow. beat, not sleeping at night, then sent to school. Yeah. We we can can I hope both of those to be true. Right. Right? Yeah. That they're both they're both true. And it is it takes courage to say both of them and not just say the one that makes you feel good. So when we're we're talking about being shut in at COVID, I I I more often than not, I've thought about all the kids whose school was a reprieve for them. Ouch. Um, and now they are now they're at home with predators as parents. Dang, dude. Mm. Going going hungry, living in fear all, all day. All day. All day without a break. Man. Wow. So so when we see that, that's a system that has its, its knee on the neck of young people, right? Because we, we haven't really addressed that. And I'm not saying that every every governmental agency needs to address everything in, in houses sure. because I know that's an impossibility. Yeah. But as the church, we, we have a responsibility to say something, to tell the truth in love. And, and the truth is, you know what? I'm guilty of that. And I'm guilty of that. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm guilty of both those. Or, you know what? I agree with that, but I also agree with this. Or yeah, I don't right. agree with that. I don't, I mean, to be able to hold that space. Cause but why are people so afraid of admitting guilt, though? You know, yeah. I. Because we like to be right. Man. We like to be right. <laughs> I like to be right. And I I don't know. I see a lot of stuff on, on Facebook, obviously. I don't say everything I think. But, you know, I think about just the level of hypocrisy that exists. Yeah. And every time that I say that I have to caveat that there are places in my life where I am a hypocrite right. that I don't yeah. do mm-hmm. what I say I believe or think or value. Mm-hmm. But I realize that that is an issue. Mm-hmm. And so there's something about this admission of guilt where there's a major fear behind admitting guilt. So let, let me just, let me put one out there and I'd like to open this up for conversation. I'm guilty of wanting to respond all lives matter when people say black lives matter. Right. Right. I mm. I've been guilty of that. Mm-hmm. I've never like posted that mm-hmm. or anything like that or really explain that to anybody, but I'm like, Oh, black lives matter. Especially when the movement was birthed, I was like, yeah. get that out of my face. Talk to me. Yeah. Right. But now from a logical standpoint and from an empathetic standpoint, I like right. to and have empathy, empathy yep. for the people group that's crying out and rallying that they matter, right They're, They want solidarity. They want empathy. They want people to say, yes, you mm-hmm. matter and then do something about it. And if I can make the statement, all lives matter, mm-hmm. I can also make the statement black, black lives, lives matter. matter. Because black lives are part of, of all lives, all life. And so at any point in time, I can break down that statement into right. its pieces and make an, a factual statement based on those broken pieces. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. So Absolutely. Asian lives matter. They do. Oh, 
But if my black brothers are hurting Man. and they're they're rallying behind a cry and I want to empathize with that, I can believe in my heart that all lives matter. That can be my 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 values, my Ju- Christian Judeo white Western evangelical church, Jesus loving Bible touting beliefs. Mm-hmm. And I can still say that black lives matter because it's true. Right. Yeah. But, but it's dismissive. Right. Yeah. It's dismissive. And to say all lives matter. Yeah. Yes. To say, no, we're talking about black men. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no, like right. it's, is it okay for me to talk about them to mm-hmm. care about them and not, Oh, well, let me care about everybody because I don't want to actually say that it was a Samaritan that helped me. Or, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to identify the Samaritan. If you continue to read in Luke chapter 10 at the very end of it, you'll see where Jesus says, well, so who showed compassion? And the attorney, being an attorney, he's like, you know, the one who showed the most compassion, mercy. He won't won't say a Samaritan. He won't say a Samaritan. He won't even say a Samaritan. He wouldn't even say his name. It's it's just, this is the, this is the. That's crazy. This is the model that we see where. We won't we won't go in into saying that black men matter. Hmm. I mean, very specific. Right. You know what I mean? Like that. That is hard because then in some ways, I, I think I don't I'm gonna say it's hard for me, but I can see how it's hard for people to say that because it seems exclusionary to everybody else. And that that in our our best selves, we want right. people to be to include everybody. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I was even having a conversation with someone and I was kind of I was taking some. Not not some big jabs, but but mm-hmm. I had mentioned, you know, is it possible that the reason that all lives matter is is a statement that you use is because it doesn't feel good to not be included, mm-hmm. and you want to be included, but guess there's a whole other people group that hasn't been included, they haven't been invited to play, right? They've been told that their skin color is different. I mean, they've been all of this stuff, and so not being included and not being treated fairly feels wrong, Man. and that's something that people don't want to wrestle with. You know, I, I, I agree with you, Chris, and, and I'll, I'll say this from a personal place. When God set me free this week in some in ways I just hadn't been, yes. it's because because he just simply said, do you need to see the facts before you can care? He Ooh. said it to me. Mm-hmm. Right. And then that's why I shared it with you guys, because Dang. obviously you preach messages Man. that the, it, it has to sit with you before you can share it with anybody yeah. else. Mm-hmm. So I was getting whooped. And a lot of that is because, you know, I've I've got a love for both groups. I, I Listen to me. I could not be sitting here right here right now today without the help of, of some white teachers and coaches that were very instrumental and in keeping me out of trouble, giving me the advantages that I could not afford myself. I can't ignore them. I can't deny them. I just, I just can't. And I know that there's other people who understand this, what I'm saying, this don't, because I'm not, I don't want to do a blanket statement. And people want you right. to do a blanket statement. Right. And I don't want to do a blanket statement. I want to be very, I want to be very specific and I want to be able to, to own that space. Yeah. But I can't, I can't ignore and say that all white people have been devils to me. You know what I mean? But I, I, nor can I, nor can I say that, that all cops are good, but nor, nor can I say that all black deaths at the hands of officers is wrong. I can't say that either. That's a hard truth. You know what I mean? So so what what we have to do is be like, well, who's going to tell the truth? And you don't make many friends doing that. Yeah. 
But telling right. the truth is what we need. We need the conversation where someone is given space to tell the truth. And it's hard to do that because we take sound bites and, oh, my goodness, I can't. Or, listen, I'm at the point in my life where the Lord is telling me, he's like, okay, so you're 40-something years old. I won't tell you exactly how old I am, but you're 40-something years old. He said. 40, just 40, 40 exactly. 40-something, you know what I mean? He, he said that you, when when are you going to be counted? This is what the Lord told me. And and it sounds like it'd be crazy because I'm saying like I'm a pastor. Uh, I got this resume, you know. I got all this stuff. He says, "No, you're not being counted. You're 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 everybody's safe black friend." Ooh. Ooh. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. I mean, you you're that safe black friend that I got, you know. And oh, uh, my pastor, he's very safe. And Jesus was like, "Listen, not that you can keep your black card." He said, but anybody who's 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 a my disciple, they by nature are not going to be safe. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like it's listen, I'm good, but I'm not safe. And, you, and I'm you, good, but I'm not. Yeah. Safe. And, and yeah. we have to we have to be that. And I'm saying that for me that I had to come to a place where like be good, but you can't be safe. You can't be you can't be a pastor who says that you hear from God and you follow the tenets and preachings of Jesus and be safe. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, they just it's impossible. Right. It's, and so so me even saying some of these things is very risque It's very dangerous because mm-hmm. there's some people who be like, I, I, if, if I only if I only heard this part of the message or this part of the podcast, I can't get down with him no more. Yeah. And right. that's OK. Because they're just looking for one thing to disqualify. <laughs> they, anything yeah, you're listen, saying, man. Well, because they want me to identify with them. And I get that. They want yeah. me to someone stand up for me. Someone say something. Someone articulate it so that some, you got a platform. I don't say it. So so someone can hear it. And I get that because we got to continue to speak for for Floyd. We got blood speaks. Ooh. It has it has and it yeah. always will. If you go all the way back to Cain Man. and Abel, blood spoke then with Abel and blood has been speaking from the cross and and blood will continue to speak from the streets because we cannot forget these ills and the woes of this community. We cannot. We cannot. And, and I, I, I don't want to be the type of people who try to silence the blood of Floyd. Or Ahmad, or somebody else, because it makes me uncomfortable to hear their cries. Mm. Man, gosh darn! <sighs> Man, dude. So, I feel like the question is like, what's next? Because I, I mean, this is the question that I asked Christopher: What do you want to happen? And he says, I want people to have empathy. Well, as well, a, as a, yeah. as an entry level, sure. As an right. entry level. But then how do you mass, you know, you know, like foster empathy. And I wanted to talk to Dion about this. Cause this is my favorite it. thing that he said on Sunday was that you cannot legislate love. No. Um, and when I, when I look at that, um, I look at a couple of things. It's interesting. Um, I got a lot of comments coming up on my like, yeah. ton of comments. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting some to me of those to in a bit. drawing the mm-hmm. drawing kind of the comparison of you know of what was happening when, in Jerusalem when Jesus died. Yeah, there was civil unrest. Mm-hmm. There was a group of people that was oppressed by uh, the the dominance hierarchy. Right. You know, um, and they thought, it, at least in the way that I understand it, the Jews the Jews thought that utopia that freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, will, oh, right. come, will come through the perfect state, the state, the yeah. state of the people. Mm-hmm. But when Jesus came, so much so that when he came, they wanted to make him king. Mm, that's good, right? And mm-hmm. he 
rather than, you know, it wasn't about the state. He did it on an individual level. Right. And so what I think when I when I think about, okay, well, what do we do? And especially what you said, man, gosh, I don't know why that hit me. So you cannot legislate love unless God mm -hmm. legislates that on your heart, dude. Yeah. You right. know, I will write my law, law on your heart. heart. Yep. And law is love, mm -hmm. you know. And mm -hmm. um, so I'm thinking about a couple of things when it comes to that is, you know, we think that for some reason when we're looking at the pyramid here, the hierarchy, the, mm -hmm. the higher ups, that the people that can make those laws will make the laws and then it will trickle down. Well, what I saw Jesus do was the, 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 the masses on the bottom of the, mm -hmm. the pyramid, mm -hmm. that was an individual thing, you know, and, and person That's to good. person, connection yeah. to mm -hmm. connection, that will rise up to the top. And I don't think it's a trickle down thing. I think it's a rise up to the top a because, be thing. because, because mm -hmm. individual to individual, like you were saying with, with converse, just having a conversation with somebody, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, another thing that I was thinking about was like love, man, we, we say so much, the world needs more love, the world, we need to pray for more love. Right. But what I, what I understand of love is that love is a fruit of the spirit. You know, and so when we pray for those things distinctively, what we're really staying and what we should really be praying for is yeah. more of Christ because yeah. he's the vine. Because if you want more of the fruit, kindness, peace, patience, kind, love, if you want more fruit, you got to have more branches. We have mm. to have more branches. Mm. People introduced to that person through us individually and mm. our connection individually to each other mm. because that's, that's, that's where things change. Then we need more branches. You want more fruit you, you want, or do you, do you want the same branches? Bearing more fruit, or do you want more branches to start bearing more fruit? Right, we need yeah. more grafting into Christ, man. We need more Him, man. And that's what I was saying today, man. Like I was like, I was just really moved, man, because I was like, I was having this vision of, of the fat, juicy vine, man. That's Jesus, <laughs> the fat, juicy vine, you know. And I was having this vision, and like it, it, and I, my heart broke for for George. My my heart broke for for everything, and that's why I said, I said, God help us, man. So because we need more Him, man. Here, here's here's the tension I experienced with that. And I and I think I talked a little bit about this with mm -hmm. you on the phone mm -hmm. is I hear that and I agree with that wholeheartedly. I I feel, though, like that statement when it's made, it, it's a yes, absolutely, 100 percent. But then mm -hmm. there's also this flip side that it kind of feels like it says w we just got to wait for that. No, and, and so I, and I know you're not saying that. Right. I, I know you're not saying that. Right. But the tension that I faced then is like, mm -hmm. what then? Yes, I want to usher that in. I want to be a vine that comes off of the fat, juicy vine. But then also, what are the other things that I can do outside of that? And I'm not saying yeah. that you're, no, you're no, going no, against I'm, that. I'm with you. I'm but with that's you. the tension that I yeah. experience of like, right. mm -hmm. yes, is, but then what else can I do here and now that is easy, not? It's easy to play that too. It's easy. Oh, well, we just need more Jesus. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and I knew that, that that's not what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. It, that, and, but, and what I was saying there was coming from a deep place of, okay, now I want to participate being yes. the body, mm. being Christ mm. to somebody else rather than just saying, oh, well, I'm going to pray yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. going to wait in passivity. You know what I mean? Yeah. And be passive in my prayer. It's almost prayer. like that activated well, well, you. Oh, well, God's got it. Uh, this is God's in control. No, mm. man. He wants us to do something about yes. it mm -hmm. because yeah. we are the hands and feet of yeah. Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that body connected, that body unified is what's going to bring the change. And see what we have. What we have here is a divide, man. Mm -hmm. It's e You can see it, man. You, it, it, from The house divided will not stand. Yeah. You know, black brothers to white brothers to Asian brothers to brown brothers. It doesn't matter if we're divided. We can't get anything done. And yeah. that connection to each other and being 
Christ to each other, just like and what he was talking about with the dinners of disagreement, that concept that he was talking about. He said he's going to have a dinner every night with somebody he disagrees with, somebody from a different creed, somebody from a different race, somebody mm-hmm. from a yeah. red, red or blue. It doesn't matter. Right, right. You know, but that connection and, the, and those conversations that we have is going to start that, man. Yeah, that's I think the church, though, too, can I, I mean, we're, we're guilty of of the paralysis of prayer. Ooh. We'll, we'll just ooh, we'll just say that I'm going to pray, you know, and we, we we do that. But we're supposed to pray as we go, as we do. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We we have done prayer as it's 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 yeah, I'm going to be sitting and not doing anything until no. It's been a checklist. Uh, yeah, man. we've got to be we we got to quit. And and some of that too is I mean obviously is just a cop out when we don't know what to do, right. and I get that. Uh, you know I'm not going to experiment. I'm just going to pray because I I don't it's risky and I don't want to make a mistake. I'm not going to talk to black people. I'm not going to talk to white people. I'm not going to talk to police officers. I'm not going to talk to legislatures because I don't want to make a mistake or come across wrong or mess up. I'd rather play it safe. I'd rather be right but be right by myself or be right and be siloed. And, and, and if we don't have uh, the, the grace to allow people to have conversations with each other, that I may make a mistake in saying uh, whether you're offended by saying black or African-American, we said, I said that this just before we started yeah, the podcast, yeah, Chris, I asked you asked, well, which one should I say black or African-American? Now I want you to think about that in a place where I don't feel safe and I want to have a conversation with somebody, I don't know exactly how to address the situation and it leaves me, you know, less than potent. I'm not really being authentic because I'm, I'm trying to juggle all these places to where I don't want to fit. I'm so worried. And we, that's why I'm saying about having dinner. Um, I'm talking about having, and you would, someone you may dismiss that as too simple. No, no, no. This is risky. You know, I'm bringing people into my house. One, I was told by my grandma not to bring people over. So I'm, that's, I'm, I'm always wrestling against that. My grandma was yeah. like, you don't need to bring nobody in this house. And so I'm always struggling with that. <laughs> but, but but even then to to have people in my house that I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a whole nother thing. You know what I mean? And Jesus is the master of it. Yeah. You said yeah. that you took that from Jesus's playbook. Man, I'm just using his playbook. Right. He had he had dinner so much so that people hated him for having dinner with people that they didn't agree with. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Not even yeah. that they were Jesus, invited. Jesus, why you got to bring them around here? Yeah, that, yeah, they weren't even at the table. They weren't even in the room, but he's going over so-and-so's house. How dare him? Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest. We're not going to make any progress if we're not willing to have conversations with people that we don't necessarily agree with, that I would not consider my neighbor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I got to have those conversations. I got to sit and listen to your pain. I want to hear your story. I want to know why are you really scared of black people? I want you to tell me that. Well, I got jumped when I was 12 years old one day walking home from school. Yeah. And ever yeah. since then, I've been afraid of black people. Yeah. Or you know what? My grandma told me about the time she got raped by somebody. And, and, she, and, and all, she was, all I can remember her talking about is that it was somebody that was black. Yeah. Let's have that conversation. Yeah. I right. want to have the conversation. Tell me why you're afraid of me. You're talking about going into the closet. Oh my goodness. Looking man. at the monsters. Real life talk. And bringing them out. Bring it out. Now here's a, here's a problem though. In our community, law enforcement officers cannot do that. Mm. Now here's here. Why, why not? Because the, the, the badge covers in some ways, because if I tell you that I have a bias, then it undoes all it undoes all the work that I've ever done that may have been good or right because I can't tell you to have a bias because then it may it may disqualify me from being considered a, a peacekeeper or law enforcement officer. 
Mm. Even though we know that their judgment, their biases, their prejudice are not suspended when they put on the uniform. Right. We, we, we oftentimes we know that. But I cannot put anything down that would be memorialized or on paper to say. Can't bring well, facts. Well, just we, we need to look no further than what happened with OJ. Right. As soon as we find out that the Furman had said some things, used racial slurs, all the things he touched were no good. Right. Man. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that sends a message to law enforcement officers. No, I, I can't say any of that. Mm-hmm. So are we going to get accurate data and information from law enforcement officers? No. Mm-hmm. And then maybe not even from officers that, that have retired, like myself. Because if someone then hears and says, I mean, I knew that dude was dirty. I knew she was, you know, come then back. we go back and we, right. then right. we undo that. So I, what I'm saying, the system is set up to keep people entrenched. It's not to be authentic. And, I, and I'll tell you the truth. One thing I, doc, I love about Dr. King is this, is that Dr. King marched in the streets. He was jailed wrongly. But then at the same time, when it was time to write legislation, he was in the room when things were being signed. Hmm. We have to make sure that we don't just find ourselves marching, but we never actually have pen in hand and are signing legislation to change things. Hmm. That's a big difference between people who like, I'm, I'm frustrated, I'm sad, I'm mad. And I pray that there's people, I'm right now in the process of working with meetings with people to talk about law enforcement reform. Wow. How do we, wow. How do we move from just saying I'm mad about it and I'm frustrated then how do I put that energy and effort into the next step? We got to start being in rooms when people are signing legislation into into place to make change at the highest levels. Yeah. It, that's the only way. Because mm-hmm. Dr. King would not be okay with just saying that we marched and it really went good. We marched well, but without actually having <laughs> uh, voter rights uh, laws passed, yes. without right. actually yeah. having laws laws put on the books. You know, even though they weren't perfectly done and and adhered to. But somebody had to put some laws on the books. Yeah. And we, we, we cannot go back and say Floyd died, Eric Garner died, and they both were saying the same thing, I can't breathe. We, we shot down and beat up the NFL because we didn't like Colin Kaepernick taking a knee. And now all those things become chic to some groups that before would not identify with. Wow. And that may be seem cool to some people where we've got photo ops and police officers taking knees and groups taking knees. And then we stand up and we shake hands and love and hug. But that's not enough. Right. That's a start. Mm-hmm. But until we move on the next level and we start not only voting, but we start helping write laws to make change, mm-hmm. it, it matters not. Yeah. We're, right. we're just setting ourselves up for another cycle. Does that make sense? Right. It's like yeah. it's like you can get in a car and start the car. But if mm-hmm. you don't ever pull out of the parking lot, you're not going anywhere. You, you, you got you know, it. And you so and I feel like now right now it's to the point where it's like, man, we got our foot on the gas pedal mm-hmm. and, and we need to get get moving. I think. One of the questions that I have a lot of friends, I see them asking, is trying to figure out what can I do outside of, you know, marching, attending this protest, posting, and and sharing my stance. Because, I mean, I do think that all of those things are are good things. It lets people know where mm-hmm. you stand. Mm-hmm. It presents opportunities for conversations within your family. Right. But, but after that... People are wondering but then what, but then because right. yeah, that still to me seems like a checklist. Oh, well, I'm going to go on Instagram and I'm going to black out my yeah. Instagram. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. That's a checklist right. to me. You know what I mean? And, and like you said, like 
he's getting in a room, you know, but, and that comes through connection, like, yeah. you know, making those connections and talking about it. Not, you know, and I'm not, I'm certainly, again, I'm not saying don't do those things, yeah. but I'm saying make sure that it's not a checklist that yeah. you're going by to make sure that you've got your, your, your eyes dotted and your T's crossed. Yeah. You and, know? And I, and I think that for some people, I mean, they may experience that. Right. I think the people that I'm thinking of, they're legitimately, they know that mm-hmm. it's an entry point mm-hmm. and they go, What's next? Because I know, I mean, and, and this is how I feel. I don't, I'm now holding on to the question that you asked yourself. How am I going to be different? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. man, let, let's hope that we don't find ourselves here in another right. month or Come in a two months. You know, we might, but yeah. if we do, I don't want to be the same. I, I want to yeah. have taken steps and not, mm-hmm. and that's not to put myself on a pedestal or make me feel better. Like, oh, I advanced a little bit since the last time, but it, there needs to be some of that. Yeah. And we talk about this on the podcast all the time. If you look back from where you were three years ago, just in right. your walk with Jesus, and if you have not advanced, what are you doing? Right. If you're the same person that you were, then this is the same thing. I was perfect same. then. I'm perfect now. Yeah. Right. I mean, so what's yeah. the, pre- I mean, pre- I mean, even yeah. on a, on a, on a uh, so we're talking about individual scale. I mean, mm-hmm. we obviously all can't get in rooms to make legislation, but like on a practical yeah. scale, what can I do in, in the streets? I, you know I, what I mean, or just like be going to the store, you know, and and how do how do I get involved like that on an individual mm-hmm. level with people? Uh, you know, it'd be easy for me to say like you know look at a list of nonprofits in your area and go volunteer. I think those are good things, uh, but I'm gonna go back to a simple thing, and that's the dinner. Jesus took a very complex a complex idea of communion, of relationship with Him, new covenant. And he brought it down to a piece of bread and a piece of and, and wine. Do wow. mm. you see what I'm saying? He mm. brings so the the more Damn. we've got to bring it down to something that where you know what the apostles the the church grew through fellowship breaking the bread keeping the apostles doctrine and breaking bread. Uh, it's it's relational, and until I get close, half dead bodies on the sides of streets don't matter to me. Mm. Dead bodies don't matter. I can walk right over them, step over them, keep moving. We've got to get close. And so I'm saying that do those things, do it. But at the same time, how about you have dinner with somebody that you don't really necessarily know? You don't understand their perspective. You don't know a lot about them. Matter of fact, they may get on your nerves, but you purposely (laughs) have a dinner so that you can sit down and say, you're worth me breaking bread with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I may not and eat with you ever again. I don't say that you gotta, <laughs> you don't have to make someone your lifelong buddy. Right, right. But I think those experiences, I've heard it said this before, that a that a, a believer with an experience is stronger than an infidel with an argument. Wow. And an infidel, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, a non-believer, you know, right, a, a, right. a Gentile. So when you, when you have that experience, I may not be able to articulate it, but I cannot deny my experience. Right. Wow. Yeah. I may not be able to go into the scripture and see why this worked, but I cannot, dis- but I cannot deny what I, what, what I felt in my heart right. when I heard their story. You know what I yeah, mean? That's yeah. to me is what, what I think yeah. we need to start. Cause if we get too complicated, just like Jesus knew, I can't make this complicated because they won't do it mm-hmm. or they'll make the complication a, a religion to itself. Yes. Right. You know what I mean? Then checklist. we become Ephesians chapter two, forget that, make it hard so I can impress somebody. Dang. You know what I mean? Like, but if we make it simple and say, you know what, why don't you just next week put somebody on your schedule? You call them tonight. And say, hey man, I've been I've been convicted. I've marched, I've protested, I've held signs, I've took knees. I've read books, listened to podcasts, I posted, mm-hmm. I've retweeted. You know, I've done all that. I still don't feel satisfied. Cause that's where I think people are at. 
Right. Yeah. I've done that, but I still don't feel satisfied. It's not enough. I don't, it's not, yeah, it's not enough. I got to, what else am I going to do? Well, I'm, I'm asking you to have tough conversations with people that you don't agree with, or maybe even then having a conversation with people you normally agree with, but on a topic Ooh. that you disagree with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if we don't do that, then I, I think, I think we were missing the biggest real turnaround. It's a grassroots level. It then moves up systemically because I believe that the, 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 the man who fell among thieves and was naked, listen to me, he was stripped naked and breathing shallow face down in the dirt. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. People walk by him. And I, I can't believe that he got healed whole and well and then went back and talked bad about Samaritans. <laughs> I just don't think he right. could be the same person. Yeah. Right. And I don't yeah. know what rooms experience. he went into. And I don't know how many kids he had, what his wife thought or his grandkids thought or mm-hmm. how he may have been able to impact it. But I know that we saw one, but I know that every time we see one, there's so many more people who are connected to them. Right. Wow. There's a ripple effect. It's a ripple. So, yeah. so when I see one, I see one Eric Garner. I see one George Floyd. I see, I see one conversation, one dinner. I know that there's so many more people who are connected to them. Right. That were hurting and deeply in pain because of what they saw on the streets. Yeah, and it, and that's why even now we are in pain because it just can't stay on on the streets of Minnesota. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It then is in my heart, and and so then it causes me to deploy myself differently when I go into uh, boardrooms, when I have access to to at tables that other people may not have access to. I'm been changed fundamentally because I cannot say that Black Lives Don't Matter. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've been changed fundamentally because I could say that that we need proper policing. Yeah. And it's good for us to have police. Right. That are healthy and strong. Right. You know what I mean? It's good for us to spend extra money on healthcare and and uh and systemic issues that go on with education. It's good for me to be able to say cuz then when I go into rooms, I can ignore kids who who are in elementary schools that are dilapidated and got poor classrooms and and broken textbooks because I don't go into those schools. Right. Yeah. And and I'm I listen, I'm challenging myself because my kids are no longer in elementary schools. You know the last time I was in elementary school? I mean, it's been forever. Yeah. But until I go in purposely to read to kids, to see what's going on in them, to see the, de- the demographics that are going on in the school. Do you know that in 2014 was the very first year that a majority of elementary age students were non-white in the United States in its entire existence? Whoa. Wow. 2014 Dang. was the very first year that out of all students enrolled in elementary school across the country, the scales had tipped to where we had more minorities in those rooms, not just not just in the schools, but just overall. Overall. Yeah. So what we're saying is that we're at a place to where we, we're not going to go back to some things. Would you say so that that's So we're not progress? making things great again. We're changing. It's different. Mm-hmm. Right. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Right, right, right. Would you yeah. say that that's progress, though? Well, I think it's progress. I think it's, I think it's what, 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 I don't want to make it God's plan to, to have people who, you know, ethnicity and mix, mixed race and it, to be more than white. I'm saying that it is change. And we and we know ultimately that God is orchestrating and we can't deny that. We, and I don't want to I don't want to sit around and say that, you know, we should be expecting a white lash because, you know, people are afraid of, of, of change. But can I tell you what we're experiencing right now with people who are indifferent and don't care about black people and still won't status quo to same, stay the same thing? We're watching people who've got their now their now another type of knee is on a, a group of people's neck and they don't necessarily like the feel of that. Yeah. Well, well, what happens when people of color become become the majority? When they get into roles of power and influence, will they will they exact revenge on me? Mm-hmm. 
You know, will I get the big payback now? You know, what happens when, when well, you know, we think people who are, are, are uh, conservative are the best lovers of the country. You know, they, they, right. they fly the flag the oh, highest. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know, but I, what I'm saying is, is what you're seeing is you're seeing a death of some things and racism will die hard. And that's, and it, that's it won't be it won't be an easy death. And that's yeah. what I that's what I talked to Jason about as well is that I you know before we came uh before I was driving over here I was thinking in my mind and uh, I just want to ask you the same question. I was thinking okay so so as we progress from the civil rights movement do you think yeah. and although I think a lot of issues in our life not just racism or you know change or anything like that we want we want the end result without progress. Right. And I think that we want it to happen right now. And I'm wondering, do you mm -hmm. think that 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 as we progress further and further from the civil rights movement, do you think that racism will eventually die out? Because, I mean, or, or is that just no. like kind of like just an inherited and I mean, inherent no. thing right there yeah. in the system? I'm going to tell you why it won't uh, a prejudice. Fall, it won't die out in general because the scripture says the poor you have with you always. Right. Mm. As long as we don't have poor people, we'll have prejudice. As long as we have poor people, we'll have racism. Because we'll because it it'll be, well, you can't all you can't stamp those things out, and so there will always be someone who wants to to position themselves above someone else, because that's a condition of the heart. You 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 can't put enough food in the streets to prevent people from being prejudiced and bigoted. <laughs> you can't build enough apartments right. and put enough beds out to put people in to sleep in to still prevent people from saying. That's my neighborhood. That's their neighborhood. Yeah. Right. You just can't do it. So, so what, but here's the, here's the thing. Don't let that discourage you because I know that some of you hear that and you say, well, you know, that means I shouldn't fight. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I just want you to realize that this is a long game. Right. Right. That you got to be planning for the long game. Yes. You got to be thinking of a lifetime of fighting against this. Ooh. Right. You got to think that I'm going to go to, I'm going to die. And my hope is that I leave the world in a better place than it was when I first came into it. Mm. I'm playing the long game and then that I've given enough to to those who, who followed in behind me that they would play it even better because I know I won't ever stamp it out. But yeah. I but I cannot relegate myself to not trying. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just impossible for me not to do something. You yeah, know, I got to I got to know that it's it's got to be generational. Right. Because you think about how long yeah. ago the Emancipation Proclamation was signed. Oh, yeah. It's been multiple generations. Yeah. And it's still there's still systemic issues and there's still an issue in the heart of of humans and that's really yeah. what it boils down to Man, and, that, and i think what i think this is the last thing i have to say about any of this tonight but um really what you're talking about is is getting face to face with people mm -hmm. and hearing their story and hearing their their human experience mm -hmm. and realizing that on a fundamental level we're we are all the same mm -hmm. we all experience this world in a certain way and we've all experienced pain and trauma and injustice and fear and hopelessness mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and doubt and concern and struggle and strife and all of the negative yeah. human emotions we have all experienced that one way or another your outrage might have been birthed by watching your black brothers and sisters have a knee on their neck under the injustice of a of a, of a system that's not for them mm -hmm. that's against them and i might have experience some other injustice that maybe you don't think is injustice. Maybe I don't think yours is injustice. Yeah. But if we can articulate those experiences in a way that we realize, Hey, we have experienced some of the same things. And again, what happens is people trying to elevate 
well, what you experienced isn't as bad as what I experienced. Can we just say that we've all experienced bad things? Yeah. And the pain that I've experienced, would I ever wish that on anybody? Absolutely not. You know the pain of hurt. You know the pain of abandonment. You know the pain of loss. You know the pain of grief. You know the pain of hopelessness. And the circumstances that brought about those pains may not be the same for us, but I know what that pain is like, and it sucks. Oh, you're saying you experienced that same pain? I've heard your story, and you've articulated in a way that made me say, oh, yeah, maybe we've been through some of the same things. That's huge progress because we tend to push people away thinking that their experience isn't the same as ours. Well, they got it worse, or I've got it worse, or whatever. But if we can just connect on the foundational human level, I think that's obviously what Jesus did. He came and he humanized everybody. But can we even go a step further with that? What if I don't have any of those things? Can I still care? Sure. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? I right. mean, like, let's say I don't have anything that we identify with. Mm-hmm. Your skin color doesn't look like mine. And I, yeah. I don't come from the same neighborhood, same mm-hmm. background, upbringing. And I don't have some of the same pain or trauma. Mm-hmm. But can I still care? Can you still care? Yeah. And, and what I'm saying is that black folks are tired of being walked by. Yeah. yeah. Tired of being walked over. Tired of having knee set on. Tired, tired of it. That's what you're seeing. And, and I think others are standing with us in that, which I'm grateful for. Absolutely. And, and, uh, but, but you, there's only so many times that the the priest and the Levite can walk by before you start thinking to yourself, like what's wrong with this situation here? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think, I think that we've got some work to do, but can I, can I put this out there, uh, pastor Jason about sure. police reform? Yeah. I, yeah. I want to, I want to do this. There's a couple things that I think, and, and by all means, this is not an exhaustive list for those who may be listening online, but I think we need to start having this conversation because if we just talk about this and we don't go to the next level, right. I think that we miss it. Yeah, it's a miss. Right. It's a miss. And so, so just from my 17 years in law enforcement, I know that the, these are some things that I've seen. Um, one, I think that it needs to be mandatory from a, from a, a national level that, that law enforcement officers have uh, mandatory sabbaticals that mm. they, they cannot continually police nonstop without taking breaks. Uh, and it's this outside of vacation, outside of sick time that for, for what I believe, if we were to look at some of the, the, the demographics and the details of these of overuses of force, I guarantee you it's for officers. A majority of the officers have been on the department long periods of time or longer periods of time. And, and they just, they don't do well under high press, high stress situations on with their prejudice on board, on top of secondary trauma, vicarious trauma, and compassion fatigue, and exhaustion, and exhaustion, right? You just don't do well with it, and poor health. I mean, I mean all that, it's right? Gotta yeah. be it's all I mean, it's got to yeah. be such a stressful job. It man. is, and I know, and I, I don't want to dismiss the evils of law enforcement and the issues, but I'm just saying that if we're going to get to the next level, we got to have, we got to have to talk about reform and change. I think, and I think uh, number two, that we have to have mental health reevaluations. That I, I came on the department in uh, 2001. That was the last time I got an evaluation. I retired and 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 didn't have another evaluation for decades. Yeah, uh, 17 years. No one else reevaluated me. Said, you know, are you are you okay? You're good <laughs> once. That's it. Yeah, you're, you're good, good to go. You're yeah. good, right? So I, I, that that's a problem. Yeah. Right. You, right. Yeah. Well, you get a couple years in, you see some stuff. Yeah. You got to be reevaluated. Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't know how often that's something that you have to work through and figure out what that looks like, but that needs to happen. Um, If you're serving in a community that you, if you, if you police a community, you must serve in it. Mm. Mm. 
Dang, Dang especially that is a community good. of color and a marginalized poor community. You cannot just go in as an authority figure and I'm going to be an enforcer and I don't go in and I don't serve. That right. means that you have to be for there's 40 hours of continued education that all a majority of us as professionals have to continue to, to learn and be upgraded on. You have to spend at least eight hours uh, in a community that you serve, that you that you not only police, but you have to serve. And and then that way you work through a nonprofit somehow, whatever it is that nonprofit is going to serve a need in that community that you're involved outside of your uniform. Because it's not just outside because, because the then uniform. it wouldn't yeah. just be enforcing. It would be. Oh, no, yeah. You're serving. Well, yeah, anytime you position yourself and I mean, you're, you're lowering yourself. It's a, it's a status. I mean, it's a, you're you're up here and then you're placing yourself down there and then you have a heart for the people that begins to develop the people that you're protecting. That's good. You just can't go in and just be, I'm just going to write tickets and put people in jail. No, you gotta, you gotta, you've gotta be able to go in and serve. I think also that, uh, that there needs to be some training reform that we need to have conversations about. In training, how many officers are seeing other officers attacked and or killed in the line of duty on record? And we have to do the demographics on are these brown and black bodies as perpetrators that then put us in a correspondence bias to when we see people uh, like that, we go back to our training and we give them less margin. Mm. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Yes. Mm. Because of all the video that I've seen and consumed about which we do need to be trained and see what mistakes other officers have made that cost them their life and or put them in dangerous situations. I don't say take that out. All I'm saying is, is there a correlation? We need to examine this. Is there a correlation to then we shoot first and ask questions later of brown right. and black individuals. Right, because they go, oh, wait, I've been in this situation. Yeah. I saw this. I've been yeah. trained for this. Yeah. Those neural pathways have been yeah. carved out. Real talk. Yeah. Real talk. Training, I mean, from military to police, like you you instantly go directly to what you've You been, go back to training. I mean, yeah. your training yeah. is just instantaneous. Yeah. You got to. Yeah. They got to have that. I think that, that uh, one of the issues that we saw on the street with uh, George Floyd was a pride issue. I think that in training, we need to figure out how to, to give police officers an opportunity to tap out to be able to be tapped by someone else where it's tactically sound and feasible to tap take them out of the red line phase and move someone else in who may be a little bit more at a place you know manageable rpm wise sure you know what i mean that happens we all get we've all been red line before to where we couldn't do anything but ah you know what i mean just act out in rage or anger yeah uh you need to make sure that you do that i think there's that that can there can be that accountability right yeah. like those three officers that stood by if all three of them had flashed the sign like or let the guy tap out. him you know what i mean like hey man i got it yeah you know yeah take this pose i got this one mm-hmm. just to give somebody a break you know what i mean uh those are those are all those are all important things that you can do uh and and i think there needs to be some looks at hiring practices uh, i think that we need to look at see like okay so um, what are we, where are we hiring? Do do does our, our law enforcement organizations reflect, reflect the diversity of the communities that we're policing? Mm-hmm. Uh, is that, is that true? And then last but not least, I think there needs to be a universal use of force form that, that if there, there needs to be some, a metrics, a system, a point system that if you get so many dings yeah. that your department begins to re- lose federal funding. Ooh, that we need ooh. to we need to start doing it on that level to where we can say that this use of force form this use of force that this officer did on this day was off that's minus one point or whatever it is you know what I mean a scale based on size of department based right. on a number of yeah. you know you know people so, police, some sort yeah. of matrix for a sure. matrix yeah. that then says you're gonna lose this much funding if you have well, another one of those I mean th- this is similar but not the same at all yeah but the drinking age in states mm-hmm. you get to decide but 
depending on what age it is, you may or may not get federal funding for your roads. Yeah. Right. And so yeah, like that. Get in line or yeah. lose the dollars. Yeah, we we have to police. We have to police the police in a in police, a different police. way. Uh, so yeah. it is. It's a. Uh, and it's not a knock on them. Like I said, I love them. You know what I mean? But I know from what my experience has been that we, we have to, because it's, it's, it's a very unique subculture and it's very insulated. So know? can I ask you, what do you think the likelihood, I mean, of police reform happening is? I think this is, we, this is why you have to strike when the iron is hot. You, you, you can't, we, we've got people saying, well, I don't know why it takes all that. Well, I got to get the temperature up. To where people are saying we got to do something different. Right. If we let it get cool, then people feel like it's okay. I can deal with it. Right. 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 You know what I mean? So we got to we got to have people. And I'm interested. So if you're listening online and you know people who write legislation and laws, or you know who we need to get in touch with, let me know. Reach out uh, because we we've got to start putting it in, pr- in front of people right now while there's still protests, while they're still right. We got to have start having the conversation now, like like tomorrow, not like next week yeah you know, or two weeks from now or whenever we get now. around to yeah it, we need know. to push it right now and i know there's people who are already probably working on that i'm not saying that we all need to come from different angles we just need to we need to get on the same page and make sure listen if you're if you're going to ask people who don't know the insides or the culture of police to, to create reform they're going to always <laughs> miss it yeah yeah you're going to invite yeah. non-police officers to create reform for police officers mm-hmm. yeah or you're going to ask higher-ups within agencies to create reform for themselves that are not minorities or have not been over right. policed. Right. And well, it's that's, like, and that's yeah. another yes. thing. That's another thing is like, like you said, like being a police officer, admitting that yeah. you're wrong. And now we're talking about on a large scale police or, I mean, and, it's, yeah. I, I mean, at the, as the end result, right. We've, yeah. we've like a lot, that's, that takes a large scale of the police force admitting that it was wrong. Right. So like, yeah. what do you think that, do you think that that might kind of, you're going to have to, I mean, obviously I think that, that they need to be involved in it, but you're going to have to have some unusual voices at the table. Right. You can, you're not going to be able to create the type of bipartisan and uh, far reaching and uh, the, the very, the nuance of knowing the culture and what really is an issue and what really isn't. You're not going to be able to get that and get to it with people who don't know that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I got a lot of law enforcement friends in my family. Well, you still don't know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like when corporate, like whenever they try to implement new protocol and then they get it down to the workers and the workers are like, like, what, what is are this? you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, this is not yeah. the way to right. do this. Right. And we've got laws that are being created like that. So we have to have we have to have people who are brave enough to to kind of pull the curtain back, so to speak, and say that this is a type A field with people who are who are deeply uh, love their community, maybe even too, maybe too much in love with authority and people who need to make sure that whatever, you know what I mean? You got to have people who are able to talk that language and understand the real issues and to really say that, Hey, listen, it has been, I, we haven't been taken care of well. And what the, the impact of that you're seeing that is then you're seeing that is, is in body counts. And that's not only body counts on the street, but law enforcement officers are, are they take their own lives more than, than criminals do. Wow. wow. You know what I mean? Suicide is so high yeah. in law enforcement. Why is that? Well, there's a mental health issue, Well, we're not addressing the mental health in law enforcement. We got to do that. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, man, Dion, it's a lot. You nope. want me to close? <laughs> I, man, no, I mean, I, gosh, I, that, I that's I, a conversation I, yeah. that I have not heard yet. Yeah, and I think that all of that, it. all of that stuff is good stuff. And I hope you get to sit at a table yeah. to where you it, can present it, some of that stuff. Yeah, and you know, this is the thing about conversations. Like I had never even thought about that, you know. But 
we had Dion on to have a conversation and he brings something you don't even think of. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and how else are we going to know about that unless you sit down and talk to somebody, <laughs> you know, like things right. that you don't this even think of. This right. is why yeah. we're doing this. Yeah. 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 Good stuff, man. Well, yeah. Kind of, kind of last words. Yeah. I'd like to hear, man, thoughts. if there's anything that we didn't get to hit on that, like, you're just like, man, no. it would be a disservice, like not bringing up police reform. Like, you know, yeah. the one of, you know, couple statements that you might have um you know i I don't think it's i don't want anyone to be married to uh, a vocation obviously i think that we need to do what we do and do everything as unto christ uh so for my brothers and sisters in law enforcement grateful for your your uh, sacrifice and what it means to go to work and and not be completely understood and to have the pressures of making split second decisions and hoping that they're always right Mm. that's that's tough right uh and i don't i don't that's not missed on me and so i i understand that uh i also i also think that we have to we have to see that black folks and brown folks especially uh was talking about black men and black lives that there's this positional asphyxia that's still 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 in the in the world that people are being put in positions where they can't breathe and we have to be conscious of it, aware of it. We have to not only want to see it, but we have to want to help pick other people up, get them into better positions. How can I move you into a position where you can breathe? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What 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 do you need me to do? Uh, don't don't carry around guilt in such a way that it's such a burden that you don't get involved or get engaged because you feel so guilty of what you haven't done or what you have done. Uh, at this moment. I would rather you be more focused on the future than the past as far as what you did not do or what you have done that has been insightful or incendiary. I, I encourage you to move forward. Uh, it's an hour where we need everyone, all hands on deck. Uh, I, I'm not asking for the pe- the pressure to leave. I, I like that you're feeling discomfort and, and you're feeling frustrated. Uh, the, the biggest question is what we do with that. Um, it's it's good to have deep conversations and talk about it, but if we don't come out with something that's very simple and and doable over and over again, if we can't scale it, then it's you know what I mean on a personal level, one on one, dinner is scalable. You always got to eat. I always got to eat. You know what I mean? I think those are the things that for me, those are my 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 perspectives. But there's other people who've got other things that are more more refined and they're better, they're good, and we need to have all those. I'm not I'm not saying that this is the only way. I'm saying this is just one perspective and we need to have room for all of them. And it's going to take this and that, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to, it's, it's never just one thing. It's going to take a combination. And so if this conversation didn't scratch you in every way that you need to be scratched, <laughs> then it, then just know that means that, that it's time for you to step up to plate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Then don't get frustrated because we didn't cover it all and we missed something. Yeah. Um, it never was intended to be exhaustive. Sure. But right. what we what we do want to see is us moving the needle. And that means that I'm playing the long game. Yeah. So I don't I don't want to I, I know that it won't be something that we're going to just be able to get. The protest may stop, but the problem won't. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. So we, we have to know that and still move forward. We have to know that and still make decisions. Yeah. When when the heat has subsided, we still have to be hot internally. You know what I mean? I can't. I, that's what I'm praying for. That there's a jump start in the hearts. That this heat externally has 
it's gotten its way into my heart and stirred me to where I can't be the same in here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, they're going to they're rebuild the stores. You know, they'll repave the streets. They'll, they'll put new windows up. People go back to shopping. Products will be put back in. Mm-hmm. But I can't have this be changed too. Right. Right. I want my heart to still be wrecked in some ways when everything else has been remodeled. Ooh. You know what I mean? I want my heart to still be wrecked. Golly. So that I can then say, you know mm, what? It, 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 it mattered. It changed me. And so I want, I want us to do that. This, this is a serious, a serious, serious time. I, listen, God is so wise. He's ordained for us to be alive right now. Dang. Yeah. Right now. He's, he wow. chose you to be alive right now. Now the mm. question is what we're going to do with that. Right. right. What are we going to do with that? Are you alive as a part of the problem or a part of the solution? For Yeah. Right. Mm. Right. Yikes. Well, man, I don't want to add to and take away. Go ahead. I just want. No, no, I just, nope, that's, nope. I just nope. want. I just want to thank you. <laughs> I, I really want to thank you. Yeah, um, really, honestly, for coming on and and, yeah. and for sharing your heart, man, and like giving us a different perspective and answering questions. Because I mean, a lot of these things change my perspective too. Just listening to you talk and 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 just kind of internalizing that and going through it, man. Like, I really appreciate that. I really do. Yeah, I really I, do. I think we were all, and uh, I've been wrong in this podcast. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and like, you know, season just, one. Just, just kidding. Yeah, yeah. You know, but but that's that's good though, and and yeah. just just goes to show this is kind of like a litmus test for mm-hmm. for what on this kind of scale about what you're talking about, like having conversations. Yeah. And I, th- I believe things changed, you know, in, in, in our hearts and our minds yeah, too, for sure. man, you know? Yeah. And so thank you guys for having yeah. me. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for being on. Yeah. Humbled. humbled uh, I want to stay wrecked in here when everything else is remodeled out there. Dang. Yeah. <sighs> make it, sh- make a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. You got anything to add, man? I, I'm just, I'm thankful you came on. I told Thanks Jason, like, yeah. man, I, I need this. I need this conversation because I've had, I've had a lot of, I, I mean, I'd say hatred. I mean, I've had a lot of not godly emotions, not that I mean, yeah. the fruit of the spirit's been cut down from the vine at times. And so it, I needed something that was truthful, but also full of hope and also right. giving direction. And so I'm just, I'm thankful. Chris, remember this too, that Jesus was so sober that even when they were nailing nails in his hand, he says, forgive them for they don't know what they do. We've got a lot of people who are just yeah. posting stuff, saying yeah. stuff. They're just, we got to realize where they're at spiritually, emotionally. Right. We got, they're, they're babes. Yeah. And so even though they may be old, they wield a lot of power and they got a lot of influence. They're babies. They don't know. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, I, and I'm not saying that we dismissed from correcting them. For but sure. But we have to definitely know that if, if for me to get that, to be to where I want to slap somebody in the face and, you know, and, and just completely check out and redline, mm-hmm. I got to understand also and remember that that everybody's on a different level in their journey. Right. You know what I mean? They're, we're, right. we're all, we, we want them all to be mature, but they're not all right. mature. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 right. That's a good word. Well, to close it out, I want to thank uh, Steve Exum, who's been watching us on Facebook. He just posted a verse. I looked it up, and I think it's fitting as we, as we close out. So I'll read in verse 5 and 6. Conduct yourselves with wisdom towards outsiders, making the most of every opportunity. For the days are you. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, to know how you ought to answer everyone. Yeah. Season with salt. Mm. I see it, bro. Awesome. Salty and dogs. Awesome. Out. That's Out. It.